Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one that I hope you guys love the most, Niall Hessen, back once again after a month-long hiatus. I am unfortunately not joined by anybody today. I'm going to be solo, you know, just me, myself, and I, solo right on till I die. It has been about a month uh, since, you know, we did a podcast, and, you know, there's a couple of reasons for that. First of all, um, you know, with fantasy football and NFL kind of being our main focus here on the show. You know, they went into the offseason after Super Bowl. I think we were going to go into the offseason, kind of get that week to, I'm sorry, month to regroup, um, take some time, do some other things, things of that nature. Um, and so that was kind of a big reason why, you know, we haven't been recording any podcasts. So it's kind of like a big abbreviated spring break. Um, but you know what? I'm happy to be back. It's good to be back. There's a lot to talk about and a lot to unravel from pretty much the past month. So today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be doing a week of sports. A week of sports is kind of, you know, just an idea to get podcasts out when there's not really too much going on, um, primarily in the NFL season, you know, with the MLB season coming up, there'll be some podcasts with that. But it just kind of touch bases in a couple of leagues to talk about what's going on in the sports world and kind of elaborate on some things. And overall, it's just kind of a wide range of things into one podcast, not focusing just on the NFL season, MLB season, etc. Um, you know, with having about three and a half weeks off from the last podcast where we talked about um, some things that happened, I'm going to kind of tie in a couple of things, things from, you know, three weeks ago till you know, yesterday. So it'll be very interesting to see how this one works. The week of sports shows as well don't tend to be that long. Um, they were probably a little bit more shorter, um, which is kind of what I'm hoping for with these as well. Um, so yeah, without further ado, let's hop into it. The first topic I'm going to be talking about today is the Major League Baseball lockout. So how did the MLB get here today? Both the MLB and MLB Players Association, I feel like for a period of time, really haven't been on the same page with a lot of things. Um, I think it really all mainly started when uh, COVID hit and they were trying to figure out what to do with the uh, COVID season, um, you know, approaching. And there was a lot of, you know, back and forth negotiations, whatever. And finally, they decided, I believe, on a 16 game or 60 game slate um, instead of the normal 120. You know, players wanted money and less games. Owners wanted more games because, you know, without having fans or limited fans, you know, the more games, the more opportunities to sell merchandise and tickets and all that good stuff. So there was definitely disagreements on both ends there. So I think that was kind of the starting point of the MLB lockout and not really getting to a side. You know, I think a lot of people are expecting the MLB lockout. The players have made it very clear. Um, Anthony Rizzo tweeted out that, you know, unfortunately, this is kind of what needs to happen for the younger generation to, you know, get equal play, uh, pay, not equal pay necessarily, but basically don't get ripped off by owners and GMs and whatnot um, with their money. So in, in retrospect, I think MLB players are not only trying to look out for themselves with when it comes to paychecks and paydays, but also for the future of Major League Baseball as well um, is what their main objective here is in the lockout. But, you know, as with every lockout in professional sports, this is definitely a big loss for Major League Baseball when I think they really needed it. You know, having a successful season um, last year, you know, handling COVID pretty well. Um, and even in the year before, where it was kind of a little bit uncertainty, viewership in the MLB was starting to go down a little bit. This definitely does not help, you know, with the first two series being canceled at the minimum. 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised if a little bit more gets canceled, but I'm not expecting here a full MLB season lockout or even a half a season lockout. I think they'll probably get around 120 to 140 games because both sides know that in the end of the day, this is a business, and for the players, this is the enjoyment of the game, and for the fans, um, it's the enjoyment of the game. So they want to get back on the baseball field as possible. I think the Players Association has made it clear, you know, they want to play, but they also want to get their money, um, which is reasonable. But, you know, a lockout is definitely not something you want to see. I just don't expect this to be too big um, for, you know, games being canceled in the loss. So I do think baseball will come back soon. I don't think it'll be, you know, getting the two series back or um, anything like that. But it shouldn't be too long after that. Uh, we see the baseball players back on the diamond. Which leads into my next topic, and it's about Rob Manfred. Is it time that Rob Manfred goes as commissioner of Major League Baseball? Because handling a situation like this, it happens. Roger Goodell went through it. Um, you know, big example there. But now it's been really two, I wouldn't say scandals. I like using the word scandals. Well, I, I shouldn't. But seeing situations like this with two of the past three seasons having an issue like this, it really starts to beg the question, is it time for Rob Manfred to leave as commissioner? And I really do believe it is. I think Major League Baseball needs to go down a new step and a new path, depending on how this situation uh, in the MLB lockout is figured out. You know, ultimately, they want to get back on the field as fast as possible. But a lot of, I would say, the holdup is dealing with the commissioner and kind of what the commissioner wants and needs. Rob Manfred has been known to kind of be arrogant and greedy in ways, um, which is kind of confusing because I think as a face of an, an organization or a league, you want somebody that's level-headed. You want somebody that's going to be passionate about the sport and also the future of the success. So very confusing how Rob Manfred's been able to stay. I don't think he's going to stay for that long. though. I really don't. He probably will get by a couple more seasons, but I think baseball, in order to have success and go back to the popularity that it once was, and you know, it is still America's pastime, but really to get the popularity back into the game, they really got to get rid of uh, Rob Manfred. So it'll be very interesting to see. I think a big determination how long man, Rob Manfred stays the commissioner of Major League Baseball will definitely be decided during this lockout, you know, how long it lasts, um, if there's any type of issues revolving the lockout. So very curious to see how that will happen moving forward. The second topic, this is a big one moving over to the NBA. We got James Harden and Ben Simmons. Yes, I told you guys I'm going way back. I'm going back three weeks, four weeks even, um, talking about some sports. So let's break down the trade really quick. I know you guys know this is not at all an NBA podcast. I watch the NBA. I support my Timberwolves from afar here in California, but you know I don't know too much about the NBA. I do know of players. I know who's going to win MVP every year, <laughs> you know things like that. I know who's good and who's not. But specifics. But when a blockbuster comes out like this, this is definitely a time to talk about it because everybody knows James Harden and everybody knows Ben Simmons. The trade, however, was surprising to some. This happened right before the deadline. We all know Ben Simmons hasn't played this year, you know, with his unhappiness in Philadelphia, um, which I'll get to in a little bit. And then as of late, James Harden, unhappiness in Brooklyn, which is very confusing because now Harden has quit a team once again. You think you can't get much higher on the net. So granted, Kyrie Irving's been out for the beginning part of the year. Durant's dealt with some injuries, but... You had Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden, a big three. They only played like it was a very small percentage of the game together at time on the court. It was ridiculous. But if those three were all healthy, that is three of the best players in the NBA by far. 
And honestly, the Nets would have easily been able to make a, a title run. Now, the NBA is different, which is good for multiple reasons, because you can build a superpower team and not be successful due to chemistry, you know, players wanting to shoot, pass, defense, all that good stuff, um, which can affect the team, even though they have star players, it can affect them really badly, actually. Um, but this, I felt like was going to work out, you know, and this was kind of the big deal when James Harden went to the Brooklyn Nets, but you know, his unhappiness was shown and a big trade happened as part of it. And I think this is a perfect fit for, for both sides. James Harden already exercised his option for next year, so he will be in Philadelphia next year unless he decides to quit and doesn't want to play on that team anymore um, before he goes over to a different team. And then on the flip side, Ben Simmons, you know, dealing with some mental stuff and not wanting to play for the 76ers. When he gets back into that lineup for the Brooklyn Nets, I mean, that's a really good team as well. You know, you still have Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, (laughs) Kevin Durant, Um, and now Ben Simmons, you know, a playmaker who, you know, obviously is not going to shoot, but pass it out to the scorers like Kyrie um, or Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. I keep saying Kevin Durant because one of my best friends, the username on PS5 is Kevin Durant. Anyways, Kevin Durant, very good shooter. Kyrie Irving, very good shooter. Honestly, I would not be surprised if like next year, if both are back and healthy and play a full season, if we have a Nets, 76ers and a NFC Eastern Conference Championship game. Jeez Louise, my words are sorry. This is why I need to do a pre-show before this. Um, but still, a very good trade on both sides. As far as teams stand now, Harden's kind of fixed in the mix with the 76ers. I like James Harden uh, with the 76ers. I think he can help them make you know a big run down the line, which is obviously um, what you know teams want, um, especially when you go out and trade a big piece like this. And you know, a lot of money comes with it. You know, they sit uh, second in the East right now at a 39-24 record. The Heat, you know, still have that number one seed in the East. As far as the Brooklyn Nets, I mean, they have a good team without, you know, Kevin Durant um, and Kyrie Irving being healthy. They're sitting at the ninth seed right now, 32-33. and 33. I don't think Ben Simmons is going to play this year. I could be mistaken because, you know, I don't pay too much attention to the NBA. But I feel like if he were to play, he would have been playing like right now, and he's not. But uh, I don't know when his debut will play. Maybe he'll play towards the end of the season. He might be a, a you know a player down the line in um, you know the playoffs that they end up turning to. But I don't know. Nonetheless, this is a good fit for both teams that they both can stay healthy. Both teams should have some success um, on the offense and defensive side. De- uh, definitely for the Brooklyn Nets now having a good defender, Ben Simmons. Third topic, and honestly, one of the final topics of the show, Deshaun Watson trade rumors. This has been kind of swirling as of late, switching over to the NFL. Will Deshaun Watson be a Houston Texan next year? Will he be a Minnesota Viking? I hope so. I really do hope so that he is a Minnesota Viking. Will he be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, a Pittsburgh Steeler? Who knows? Nobody really knows because there's a lot of things going against him. He's got like 20-some cases still against him that I don't think have been figured out yet, so that's the first issue. Secondly, who's going to want to pay Deshaun Watson all that money? And third, who is he going to waive a no-trade clause to? Because he still has that power to do so. So, you know, there was a brief time where I got really excited and got very, very excited when I heard that Deshaun Watson might be a Minnesota Viking. You know, obviously, I don't know why you wouldn't want to be a Minnesota Viking. I'm just saying, you know, we got a new coach, good fan base, you know, whatever, Deshaun, you can come over if you want. Um, But no, he still have Captain Kirk. There's a lot of kind of things on the table with that. If you wanted to do a direct deal, the Buccaneers are a team that just lost the greatest of all time to retirement. So they're in need of a quarterback too. And to be honest, 
the draft class is not very good for the uh, NFL quarterback. So again, very interesting to see that as well. There's just a lot of tw- trade rumors surrounding Deshaun Watson. I'd be very curious to see where he ends up. I think he won't be a Texan next year. I do believe he will be playing next year. Now, the cases against him can definitely take a different turn, but I think it's a start for you know Deshaun Watson. And I'm not saying what he did was right, but a lot of times with high-profile names and, and players, sometimes cases go under the radar or money settlements happen and you don't really hear about them anymore and then they're back to playing football. So I don't know, maybe it's the same case with that, maybe it's not. Um, but I do think without the cases on him, Deshaun Watson will for sure be playing next year. And I think it is a hundred percent guarantee not on the Houston Texans. Another reason why I don't think he's going to be with the Houston Texans is because I think, you know, they've established Davis Mills. They want to have him as their quarterback moving forward. He honestly had a pretty good rookie year. He's not Deshaun Watson. He's not Tom Brady. He's not any of those quarterbacks yet, but he's also shown that he can be down the line, you know, going into his first year and having success with that. I just think that the Texans are going to want to rebuild in a way because, you know, Deshaun Watson was on the pay chart and he was getting paid for just sitting at home um, and not doing anything. So it would definitely help the cap if he's able to get off that roster and move on to um, a different team. But at the same time, it depends on what the Texans get in return. If they go for a a full rebuild phase, you know, you're probably expecting some picks. And I know like when the Texans first said Deshaun Watson uh, is on the block, I believe before his allegations came up, um, you know, they were really wanting like four first round picks, three second round picks, which I think is way too much, especially with the cases on him right now. But you can get a couple, a couple quality picks or key players um, to help build your team as well. So it'd be something to look at down the line for sure. Um, I definitely think, though, it's something that if you're a Texans fan, you've probably seen Deshaun Watson in your la- in his last Texans game, and you you guys knew that. But the big question is, do they go for a full rebuilding phase, or do they trade for a team like the Vikings and get like a Kirk Cousins or Deshaun, who has probably about a similar cap hit as well? I think the smart move for the Texans is to rebuild and build the you know around Davis Mills and build around that new coach. Um, Lovey Smith. And so very interesting to see what the Texans do, but I do believe a hundred percent guarantee Deshaun Watson will not be a Houston Texan next year. The fourth and final topic, there's not really much to talk about, just kind of what's happening today. And it's the NFL combine. I believe it's one of the last days of the combine. There's been a lot of key players in the combine this year. Let's briefly talk about the NFL draft. I'll have an NFL draft show, um, hopefully with Ben or Lucas um, coming up here shortly. Um, But still, the NFL draft class for position, I think, is very interesting. I think offensive line, defensive line, um, very good in this year's draft class. Very good, um, you know, compared to other draft classes um, as we think of, you know, previous years. Then you go over to maybe quarterbacks where there's a lot of lacking quarterbacks um, that you weren't expecting, you know, coming off a year like last year. um, You know, there definitely was kind of a surrounding that, you know, quarterbacks were very important in drafts. And really this year, it's not the case. You know, looking at some of the mock drafts, they have O-Lyman even picked first in the draft. Um, Aiden Hutchinson off the edge is up there. So really, honestly, there's not many good quarterbacks. Running backs, I think, are fine. You know, I think running backs are some good ones. you got, um, you know, Kenneth Walker um, drawing, a guy in a, drawing a blank on the Iowa State guy um, for some reason. He's a good running back as well. Um, cornerbacks look good this year as well. Um, I think that's a big one, but that's kind of how it's been every single year. 
But you look at some of these teams here, and I think a lot of it will influence, you know, how the offseason works with especially the quarterback position. Because you look at teams such as the Carolina Panthers, who probably might look at getting a new quarterback. Um, the Broncos probably going to get a new quarterback. Even the football or the commanders now, the Washington commanders, um, looking for a new quarterback. So, you know, you got some teams like that. You got Matt Corral, big name up there, Kenny Pickett, Malik Wilson, some names uh, at the quarterback position. As well as you got some free agents or trade destinations. Where will Aaron Rodgers end up? Will he be playing football next year? Will he be playing for the Packers? Or will he go to a team like the 49ers, the Broncos, um, or even the Steelers? You know, a lot of that is influenced on what happens before and after the draft and how the teams are shaped moving forward. But I think in the most part, I think of the combine kind of reflected what the mock drafts have been looking like. I think it's going to be very O-line heavy, very D-line heavy, which I think is kind of a good balance. Coming from a draft where I feel like a lot of people focus on quarterbacks and wide receivers, now you're working on the interior. You're working on that offensive line, defensive line, to have success as well. So I think it kind of balances out. Maybe next year um, in 2023 we'll have more of a quarterback or an offensive focus draft compared to you know previous times. So something to definitely keep your eye on and definitely something to be looking at with the NFL draft uh, very fastly approaching. But stay on the lookout for that. You know, that's the big thing um, with the NFL season. We'll probably have at least one or two draft shows um, to try to get you guys up to speed on what's been going on. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to wrap up uh, Weekend Sports for March 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, around this time, whenever I'm posting this uh, recording. So just something to think about. I really do appreciate the support. Um, it's good to be back. You know, I'm going to be trying, trying to get a podcast out at least once a week for sure, every two weeks. Um, it might be a week of sports. It might be NFL. It might be MLB. So just stay on the lookout for that. And like I said, I'll try to get Ben back as well. Um, you know, kind of going, doing with some stuff, not like hatred, but he's just got back from spring break. I'm in the middle of baseball season. So there's a lot of conflicts there. But make sure you guys follow The Truth on Twitter at the Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value I know for sure you do not want to miss. And until next time, it is your host, the one that you do love the most, Niall Heston, signing off. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I appreciate the support you guys have given me throughout the years. Love you guys. Take care. Peace. Peace.